We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, November 20th. We're probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. I've got J.D. Silva with me. Fellows. Got Taylor Peterson. Just, uh, you know, used to watching some mediocre football. And we've got (laughs) Nick Crane. Welcome to the Pokuverse. The Poku verse. I'm convinced we need a Poku Nectar T-shirt. So Poku it's about to Nectar. play the Metaverse sounder. I can't wait. In the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him. I saw the gear. Oh, yep. I was like, "Where is it? it? Where is it?" I love it, um, gentlemen. It is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We will not have another group pod before Thanksgiving. Every podcast in America is doing. Well, that's your favorite Thanksgiving fan <laughs> type of like intro. Um, so we, we're going to do something a little bit different to start off the show for Thanksgiving. The Thunder have a lot of international players on their team. Um, international folks don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I am a, a teacher. I have a few international students that I asked them what they're doing for Thanksgiving. They were like, I have no idea what's going on for this holiday. So <laughs> We're going to roundtable this real quick. What is something that Americans just find very normal for this next week that the international community is just like, what the actual hell is going on over there? I've got a good one. Wait, repeat the question. What is something that go that happens in America this week, Thanksgiving week, that international folks, and I, I, we're especially doing this for our like Oceania listeners. We got a lot of Australian, a lot of New Zealand listeners. They, they have no clue what Thanksgiving is. So what's something that happens in America this next week of Thanksgiving that outside people would just be like, what the hell is wrong with these people? Giant balloons going down a street in New York City. 
That's a really good one. Thanksgiving Day Parade. Very strange. I've never watched it. Never watched it. Never? Never watched it. That's like a tradition for me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then the Christmas Day Parade. (laughs) Big parade, guys. Very uh, not big parade guy. We're just so used to all the parades. If they're not throwing candy, I'm not going to the parade. Or beads. Fair point. <laughs> um, w- one Marty for me Grandic. that that's uh, we I have a lot of Canadian colleagues and and they found this interesting. Um, most holidays throughout the year either fall on a Friday or observed on a Friday or even fewer times observed on a Monday if it falls on a weekend. So Friday slash Monday holidays are very very normal. With Thanksgiving always falling on a Thursday, I feel like it's an excuse for everyone to like not work the whole week. Yep. Right. Like Christmas falls on a Friday or whenever it falls, it just seems like people take a day or two off. Thanksgiving is like that one holiday every year where like this, like starting tomorrow, I don't expect anybody to be working at any company across the entire country. I would argue that Mm -hmm. once Christmas happens, nobody's in the office from Christmas to new year's. However, it's it's a very, very good point still. (laughs) That's a good one. Sylvia, you got one? Yeah, it's uh, something that is very normal here um, that I don't think is quite as normal elsewhere. We, you know, we get with our family, we all sit down, talk about what we're thankful for, eat some really like hearty food. And then we watch people try and kill each other on TV for the next eight to 10 hours in the National Football League. Baby. It's, always, it's always like a, it's a it's a holiday tradition, like sit in front of the TV and watch the Cowboys beat somebody's butt. Yep. My international students, I was giving them Thanksgiving advice. I told them, uh, avoid the cranberry sauce. Why? If someone offers you green bean casserole, put it in the trash can. That one I agree with. I just had some great green bean casserole today. Nope. Green bean casserole is more like green bean acerole. You probably haven't had a good one. Um, I told them to make sure they talk about politics at the table. I'm so afraid of that. That's an important aspect of this. Um and to overeat as much as possible. Like, yeah. if you're not overeating at Thanksgiving, if you don't have a plate that probably needs wheels and shocks to get to the table, uh, you done goofed. <laughs> good point. Yeah, that's so, a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, gentlemen, let's talk some Thunder basketball. We haven't had a game in a couple of nights. The last time the Thunder played was Friday in Memphis on the last game of a four-game road trip. Uh, Nick Crane had that post-game. I thought you did very well on that, Nick. Um, Wasn't the the most fun game in the world. Shea kind of had a looks real tired, a little disengaged. Um, We basically just watched the Memphis Grizzlies free throw tournament for the uh, two and a half hours of that game, and that was it. so not a lot of new content to talk about just now while we were on the pod two minutes ago. Uh, Thunder PR just sent out that uh, Jay Will headed back down to the G League. I guess we could go in depth with that if you want, guys. <laughs> no, um, a few fans have reached out with some possible topics to talk about. And I thought this one would be really fun. I want to dive into this. Preseason, we all sat here on a Sunday night show and we made a spreadsheet. And on said spreadsheet, uh, we projected which Thunder players would play, like how many minutes, um, what the minute distribution would look like, how we, and we didn't make it like per game. We instead tried to make it 
we I think we said like a random game in December or something like that was our goal. Yeah. Um, I think it's time that we revisit that and we have a conversation. So Silva and I uh, pulled that document back up. It is right here if you're watching on the stream. Uh, I'll zoom in a little bit so you can see it a little bit better. Maybe. That's Maybe I'm good. not zooming in. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Bang. <laughs> Boom. And then we added um, the minutes from the uh, Silva. What was it? The the Boston game from yes. earlier this week. Yes. Uh, a little bit of difference here because guys like Trey Mann and Darius Baisley did not play in that Boston game uh, due to injury. But I thought this would be a fun opportunity to look back at what we projected and what is actually happening and talk about the differences we see, where we were wrong, and where we are surprised at. So, gentlemen, first one, we hit it right on the nose. Chet Holmgren, zero minutes per game. We're freaking smart. Congrats. Out of the uh, boot. <laughs> out of the boot. Who could have thunk it? He is out of the boot. Um, the next one we got correct would be... I think we were pretty close on Shea. Shea played 34 minutes the other night. We had him projected at – sorry, he played 35 minutes the other night. We had him projected at 34. Um, any massive insights for any of you guys into that? Are you surprised Shea is playing 34, 35 a night, or is that what it's going to be like all year unless an injury happens? Got to be. Or towards the end of the season if they are not playing games of consequence, but based off what we see – seen from uh, some of these other teams and we'll get into that later on in, in the dock. Um, yeah, not a surprise. Agreed. Next one. We hit it right on the head. Josh Giddy, 33 minutes a game is what we projected. 33 minutes in that Celtics game is what he got. I, I, I haven't looked at it recently, but I would assume that Josh's minutes per game average so far this season is a little under 33. Um, he only played like 20 in the Washington Wizards game. Um, bit of an up and down season for Josh so far. We can touch on that a little bit more uh, here in, in a bit on the show. But any big takeaways for Josh and, and his minutes? Um, more about Josh holistically. We have talked about him being sort of in a sophomore slump. Like maybe not not been like what we thought he would th this year with the turnovers and, and just not having the high IQ we thought he would. But I dug into his numbers a bit today and the, the statistics are less concerning. Like the on-court mistakes and are a glaring issue. The shooting a floater, no matter where you're at on the court, <laughs> is kind of an issue. Mm -hmm. The three-point shot is actually up this year. So like when you, the on-court product versus the raw statistics, I think tell two different stories. So I'm, it's a weird dynamic with him. Like, is he in a slump or is he actually improved? You know? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Nick. And something I've thought a lot that's, about. That's eye test stuff for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I compare it to what Dignall said about Lou Dort um, after what the first two weeks of the season. So you're about a week and a half ago, somewhere in there um, about putting more on his plate. And that for that being a big reason, uh, Dignall essentially taking responsibility for some of Lou George's struggles. And I think the same can probably be said about Giddy, but kind of like everything Nick said and, and bring this back to the minutes. I'm looking at the minutes per game for the Thunder this season, and Giddy is still third behind Shea and Lou at 30 minutes per game um, so far this season, which honestly really surprises me. 
because we've we've talked a lot about in our post games individually and together about Giddy not playing down the stretch in certain games and you know uh, not getting in to close the half or whatever it may be. And so I found that fascinating. He's still the third leading minute minutes uh, getter for the Thunder this season. Yeah, that's about what I would project. Uh, what I would have thought. What I would have guessed. Um, yeah, he definitely has had some struggles. Let's move on. Uh, next guy, we projected preseason that a random game, Mike Muscala would play around 11 minutes. And that game against the Boston Celtics, he played zero minutes. Uh, his minutes have been very spotty. And it seems like almost a breaking brick glass in case of emergency. Uh, if mm. someone gets hurt or is in foul trouble. Uh, any surprise from that, Silva? I think to me, uh, he, he's just, he is kind of still a break in case of emergency guy. And specifically, my thought was if Poku is just playing really, really poorly um, and a guy like Baze is out, then maybe he would play. But Poku has not played poorly. He's been a, one of the many great stories coming out of OKC this year. I think that's a big reason why Mike is not playing. And it, it, he'll get random. You could choose a game this next week, and he may get those 11 minutes. But on most nights, Poku is the guy. J-Dub is, is a guy. And and so on and so forth. Context, this was second night of a road back-to-back, too. Mm, true. Yes, very much so. Uh, we struggled to choose which game we were going to use as our example. Uh, there were a lot of different options, obviously. Do we take a game where Trey Mann did play? Uh, do we take a game more recently from the four-game road trip? You can't really take the Raptors game because that one was so... Uh, um, it's an outlier. Misleading, yep. yeah. It's an outlier because of... You know, it was a blowout, so a lot of guys didn't play a lot of minutes. Um, lots of different things to kind of choose from. So th- this was just the game that Silva and I settled on. Uh, for what it's worth, I am pulling up uh, guys' minutes per game uh, average just so we can revisit those. How much? 13.2. So we we weren't far off. In Appeared in 13 to... of the 16 games. Yep. So... Question on on Bayes, who's right below him. We can probably move to him. Yeah. Um, so obviously- before you ask the question, Nick, real yep. fast, just for our, our listeners who aren't getting the visual, we projected Baisley 26 minutes per game. And I think a lot of us projected starting. Uh, Baisley has not started a game this season. He played zero minutes in that Boston game, obviously because of an injury. We can talk about that in a second. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, no, along the same lines, 26 minutes we projected. Um, assuming no injury, um, are, are we thinking that's high, low, still about right? Like based on what you've seen pre injury, is, is 26 minutes a night still a role you, you see Baisley and once he's healthy? Extremely high. And I he's think he's playing what... 16.7 right now. Yeah. We yeah. overshot that thing by a long shot. And that's because we didn't have context back then. We didn't know that Poku had ascended to Serbian deity. <laughs> Which is weird because like he, he looked lost a lot in summer league poku yeah 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 he did something something happened so we we had basically 26 minutes and starting he has started zero games he's averaging 16.7 minutes per game when he does play he has been out what at what point in the season when when did his injury occur i'm struggling to remember now four games ago does that sound right was it but was it during the the Raptors game before the Raptors game? I was thinking it was before. I was but... thinking before that also. 
It was the the Milwaukee game that he didn't play in. I think was maybe the yes. start. Mm-hmm. And yep. since then is when Poku has gone like Super Saiyan mode. November 9th. So with Baisley averaging 16.7 per season with the ascension of what Poku has done, we haven't got word yet. I don't I I think Baisley will play Monday night against the Knicks in Oklahoma City. I think he'll be ready to go. I do too. Uh, let, let's move our number to 17. Let's round that 16.7 up. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I think that's just right, honestly, especially when um, when he's healthy again. I think it's, I think it's just right, probably. I mean, I, I might even say low. As yeah. the season goes on, Zhang's going to need minutes. J-Dub looks good at the four. I mean, there's just, Wiggins has been solid. He can play some four, eight. Unless I almost think 16 is too high. Yeah. I almost think it's too high. We've seen it says a lot that we've we have seen the best version of this team uh without him. In, in the yeah, the defense has slumped. The offense has spiked since Baisley has gone out. Um is that coincidence or is that correlation? I don't know. It's probably too small of a sample size to really make a determination, but a lot of people have like hypothesized and talked that Baisley may be the odd man out and get traded this season. This is why. I mean, if he comes back and plays 17 to 20 minutes, where are those minutes coming from? They're probably coming from guys like Aaron Wiggins, from J-Dub, from Poku. Do you want to take minutes back away from those guys? I, I don't know. I don't think so. It's interesting. But also, I think it's... A little worrisome that Baisley probably doesn't have very positive trade value right now. Um, but obviously there's ways to get creative with that. And that doesn't mean that Baisley couldn't be traded, but still it's another thing to keep in mind. So, so you three might be onto something in regards to that number being a little high. Let's go on to the next one. I want to do Kenrich Williams next. We projected him at 19 minutes per game uh, for a random game in the off season. In this game against Boston, he played 18 minutes. So we're pretty much right on the head with that. For this season, Kenrich is averaging 20 minutes. We were really, really close on this one. Um, any any big takeaways? I'm not surprised on the minutes. Like We were spot on, and, and I think 20 minutes a night is perfect for him, but like the production has kind of shocked me. Yeah. The la- lack thereof. Yeah, for sure. Um, he is averaging six points a game. He's shooting 50% from the field, 35% from three, uh, 33% from the free throw line. He's getting four rebounds and an assist and a half a game. Um, Not big eye-popping numbers. I I think maybe a little less than what we all expected. The -the off-the-dribble stuff, I feel like, has not looked quite as fluid this year. He just looks like way less decisive than what we're used to. Still a solid role player, but not as high level as I thought. I was expecting a progression, and instead we kind of got... I don't don't think he got worse. I just think there's a lot more mouths to feed on this team now. Agree. Agree completely. I think that's spot on. Let's go on to one that I'm kind of surprised about, which is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. We had him projected as the starter at the five, playing 26 minutes a game in this game against... Boston, he only played 13 minutes. When we look at his season averages, he is averaging 18.3 minutes a game. Uh, So the example from Boston is a little on the low side. 
but we overshot the crap out of this one, boys. One hundred percent. I've been very surprised with this one, especially in regards to how much I thought Dagnall trusted, um, trust trusted Jerry, and it, it, he's getting pulled at certain times. Um, he's be, you know he uh, Dagnall's prioritizing players over him. It's not what I was expecting at all, and so I'm a little surprised by that. Uh, I'm curious if you guys have seen anything, maybe that that's the reasoning you know, for why he would be pulled or, um, or maybe it's just like you mentioned earlier, Jacob, there's so many mouths to feed and, you know, we know what JRE is. They don't think he's going to be much different than what he currently is. So why not give some of these other players some, some room to develop 11 and six 50% from three on the four game road trip. I it's pretty good. He's never going to be, this like jaw dropping statistic kind of guy, but that's what more can you ask from a second round pick in his second year? Yeah. Um, I'm kind of interested that in the fact that he's only kind of got spot minutes here and there. He hasn't started a whole lot. Uh, gets pulled pretty quick. I, I, he's tough, but I just think the size is just such a big deal. You know, do you, do you think there's any correlation to, um, the leash and or the opportunity for sophomores in the Thunder system. Like we've seen it, Teo, great example, although most of it's his fault. But like there's a lot of guys, they just throw them out there and give them a ton of minutes as rookies. And you have these high expectations for them as sophomores and they've got a tighter leash. They play less minutes. The opportunity is not there as much. Like, is that a, is that a theme that you've noticed and or think is real? I hadn't noticed it, but now that you mention it, that's interesting. It's almost like year one is you could be anything. Let's just put him out there and play him a bunch and let him do whatever. And then when the off season hits, okay, now we, we have a year long sample size. We kind of see what you can do. And as Mark would say, now it's time to tighten the screws down a little bit. And then we saw that with Poku in year two. Yep. And then now you got Poku in year three, really flourishing, blending those two things together. Uh, that's kind of an interesting observation, Nick. I don't know if there's something there or not. You do a case study. That'll be a <laughs> it'll be an off season pod when we got no content. Do there you go. all think his role and or like perception of his performance this year would change had Chet been healthy? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm gonna dodge your question and give you a <laughs> different take. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how much Chet playing would have changed his role or perception, but I do fully believe if you're going to take positives out of something, Pokashevsky's emergence may not have happened as quickly if Chet was playing. I've been thinking yep. a lot about that, and I agree with that completely. And yeah, part no. of it is like JRE, he can catch and shoot. Um, he is definitely a play finisher. He is not a play creator at all. Um, whenever they run a lineup like they did against Memphis, which is Shea, Lou, Josh, J-Dub, Poku, that's five guys who can handle the ball in a pick and roll. That's five guys who can push the ball in transition. That's five guys that can get a shot for themselves or can get a shot for others. JRE doesn't really fit that mold. He's he's not going to create a shot for himself or others. He's just going to finish a play that someone else sets up for him. I wonder if that's part of the the equation here because we know damn good and well whenever Chet rejoins this team, he can do that as as good as the rest of them. So 
it's almost like they're trying to keep this theme of having five guys who can pass dribble shoot on the floor. Uh, I wonder if that has something to do with it as well. Could be. There's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of games to be played, and I, I'm curious if we did the same exercise 20 games from now, how much things would differ as well. Yep. Okay. Next one, uh, easy one. Usman Jang. We projected zero minutes. He played zero minutes. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> um, Jang will come back to this team uh, at some point. I don't know. Like, is he going to spend another week in the G League? Two weeks in the G League? One game in the G League? We don't really know. Um, but he will come back and he will get minutes. I bet he's there till New Year's Eve. Hmm. Wow, you think so? That's a long time. I mean, I was kind of wondering, if, like, if this team's really going to be this middle ground, let's see where we're at and, and really evaluate what kind of team we are this year. Give him G League minutes because, frankly, the, the way this team's playing, what are you going to give him? Give him eight minutes in, this, in, in, in spot situations every other night? Like, what's that going to do for him? That's true. True. Um, we projected Trey Mann at 20 minutes for a random game. He played zero minutes, obviously, because of the injury. Uh, so that's kind of hard to to balance. But when we look at the season, he is playing 24 minutes a game. Uh, so a little over what we had projected. Any any takes on Trey Mann's 24 minutes per game? Take your um, take your outlook or opinion on Trey. Entering the season, are you higher, lower, or neutral now relative to that point? His play this season in comparison to my outlook once Summer League was over, uh, he's higher in comparison to preseason, he's lower. Okay. Yeah. So it probably ends up about even. About neutral. That's kind of what I was thinking in regards to how he's played with some of these other guys. But the minutes distribution there does not surprise me. Uh, I think that's kind of where we would like to see him. But maybe what surprised me the most is how much they really need that offense when he's in that second unit. And in fact, to see him closing games, uh, again, very early, a small sample size, but seeing him close games over Giddy in certain circumstances when, when Trey has been healthy is something that stood out to me and surprised me, especially when he's not doing kind of like what we thought. It, like if you told me that preseason, I would have said, oh, well, that's because Trey's had some like 30 plus point game explosions, right? We have not seen that at all. It's been very within the offense, within the flow of the offense, which is great. Um, I don't know. I I, I just, I, I think the minutes distribution is spot on. I'm a little surprised with the production though, maybe. Yeah, I would love to see more uh, evolution in his like drives. He's shooting 40% from the field, only attempting, what is it? One free throw a game. I would like to see that number go up just a bit. I feel like he's turned down some threes that I think he should take as well. Yeah. He's definitely a little more reserved, I think, this season Mm -hmm. and trying to play within that flow of the offense, which I think maybe has hindered his production a little more than it could be. I think that's fair. Next one, our guy J-Dub. We projected 22 minutes for a random game. He played 36 36. in this one. He logged a lot of minutes. Um, But when we look at his season average, He's averaging 24 minutes a game. Uh, so we're basically like spot on the number here. Yep. Uh, Silva, I know J-Dub is your guy. So I'll let you lead us off just with some thoughts on his minutes distribution so far. Well, I'm thrilled for one about how often we've seen this man play. Um, yeah, no, I've just been super happy with, with what we've seen. I think his it seems like his role on ball 
has varied from game to game. Uh, really liked what I saw from the last game the Thunder played later in the game was making some like super clutch plays. And I hope that that number set, I don't, I doubt he'll get 36 minutes a game. Um, I, I don't think he'll ever get as low as 22 though. I think he's just too valuable for a team that is clearly, clearly better than we all thought. And he's a reason why. I'm going to be the uh, pessimist here per usual. Um, and only because we've been, um, on record doing this for other players in the past. Brandon Clark's a good example. Brandon Clark's old and played a lot of years in college, but there's Herb Jones, another example. Like there's guys that have good rookie years that in the past we've criticized that we say maybe they're overhyped or that should be expected because they're more experienced. They're not a, you know, 18 year old raw prospect. Um, given J dub falls in that bucket. Do you think his, ceiling is lower he's obviously off to a hot start but do you think his ceiling is lower than as an 18 year old doing this as a rookie like like, do you think that his age is a impacting his ability to to be productive as a rookie but b will impact his long-term ceiling i kind of feel like jay and this is something we talked a lot about with jay dub i think he's a late bloomer right like we talked about him coming in his freshman season to your point nick you know he played what was it three seasons at santa clara um didn't play all four but played three but one reason he was able to get on at Santa Clara was because of his defense. It wasn't necessarily his offensive impact. He hasn't he hadn't developed that part of his game yet. And also he was a late bloomer in terms of growth as well, right? Like he was uh, he went to Santa Clara, no offense to Santa Clara. They're a great basketball program. But he he's talked in the past about not having more offers because he was a late bloomer in terms of growth. So yes, he may be a little older in terms of age, but I think he's one of those players that might just have a higher floor and a higher ceiling. Now to your point, Nick, especially like with this upcoming draft class and there's so many young, talented players. Like I think you could have an 18, 19 year old that even Usman Jang maybe still has a higher ceiling than J dub does, but J dub has a much more uh, reachable. I don't know. I'm sure if that's a word, <laughs> it, it's much, much more obtain, obtainable for him to be able to reach that ceiling compared to a guy like Usman. And he already has such a high ceiling that I think it, it that's the reason, like when I'm looking at these season averages of minutes per game, J-Dub is tied to uh, to Jacob's point. J-Dub's tied with Trey Mann for, with the fourth most minutes for the team this season. And I, you think about like Trey Mann being pulled so much last season for defense and some of these other players and like J-Dub is trusted early for Mark Dignall. And I think that that needs to be looked into as well, right? Like that deserves a lot of respect because I think, you know, Dignall trusting him like that is, is something that we should really be kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe be talking a little more about. Nick, to your question on like, does his age affect his ceiling? I've always been someone that says, yes, um, you want an 18 year old who's as good as a 21 year old. Cause they have a lot more runway in front of them. Right. I think J-Dub is very mature. And then I look at guys, like I've, I've comped him to Mikhail Bridges, right? At least body size-wise. Who is also I, older coming in. Played three years in college as well. Yeah. And look how good yeah. Mikhail is this year. And what is this, year five for him? Year four for him? Something like that? It's a good I comp. I mean, Mikhail's getting better and better and better. Um, like I think J-Dub still has a lot of growing to do. I think it helps that the coaching staff has said stuff like he picks up things very quickly. Uh, they want him drinking from the fire hose because 
even though it's overwhelming at first, he's the type of guy that can, that can handle it. And so I've been very impressed. Um, Nick, I think it was you that had brought this up as well. Maybe in our, in our private chat, I'm all in on the starting lineup. They started Friday in Memphis. Yep. Start J Dub and Poku. Yeah. I think you, you said that in your post game. No, I, I agree completely. It's, it's the most fun lineup, but it's probably the most, I mean, maybe if you go dig into the plus minus of every five man roster, maybe not the most effective, but like, I it's the most versatile offensively for yeah. sure. Yeah. Speaking and of defensively, oh, honestly. Yeah. Speaking of our Serbian son, we projected Poku on a random night to play 17 minutes a game. He's playing 37 in that Boston game for this season. Poku is averaging 23 minutes a game. Just right behind J-Dub and Trey Mann. Yep, but if you look at his game logs, which I don't have them pulled up right now, but it's been 30-plus pretty much this entire road trip. Um, They're giving him a ton of time. Nick, I'll let you lead us off with this one. You've been kind of the the Poku reformist of the podcast recently. Good grief. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I am just happy to see him fill the role that he needs to be filling. Harped on it all off season. Like I think we we year one, he was a project. We're talking about what's the ultimate ceiling? Could he be an all star? He's the seven foot unicorn, and he is. Um, but I think as as year two came around, entering year three, it was more like let's just he can be an effective player and, and very well worth the first round draft pick. If he can be a good three point shooter and a disruptive defender that's seven feet tall, that can play point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward and center. Like if he can do that, he's worth the pick and he's doing that like flat out. Like we talk about these three and D guys, especially what Oklahoma city was contending. It's like, if they could get this Danny green or, you know, some three and D guy to come in here and be that that rotational piece, they'd be set. You've got that, and he's 20 and he's seven feet tall. Like when this kid's 23, 24 when the Thunder in the playoffs, I think he's a legitimate difference maker. For sure. I mean, there are guys that are gonna be in this next draft who will be older than Poku. You know, we That's just talked crazy. about That's nuts. age comparison to like upside, you know. Um Poku has so much more time left to grow. Silva, if I told you, if we, if we rewound time uh, to October 1st on a podcast, we were doing a preseason podcast, and I told you that almost a quarter of the way into the season, Poku would be averaging 10 points, five boards, one and a half assists, and two blocks on 50, 41, 54 splits. <laughs> a 54 free throws is just insane to me. What what would your reaction be? Well, I would have gone to church this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um no, that that is that is legitimately incredible. Like he is this is a really deep cut, but Poku is playing like the Boris Diaw role uh for the Thunder, just always doing stuff out of the uh off out of the elbow, uh finishing plays connecting plays one might say um just been a blast and when he's gone down with his two ankle injuries in the last like week uh both have felt legitimately heartbreaking because he is clearly a valuable asset on the basketball court now he's good dude 
like just flat out, like he has turned into a good NBA basketball player at the age of 20. Like, I can't wait to see what he looks like, like Nick said, in four to five years. Like, how much more does he progress? It's going to be really fascinating to see. The block on John Morant in that first quarter oh my was, like, legitimately impressive. <laughs> this dude, maybe not as as impressive as who tried to dunk on him in Washington. Was it Kuzma? Mm, it may have been. I can't Ooh. remember. Someone, someone went left to right across the face of the basket and try to throw down a righty and Poku just got up and ate that shit. And I was like, wow, like he's, we've talked about it before on here. Uh, the thin towers might not just be a meme. Yeah. He is transcending meme status at this point. <laughs> he's good. He's like really, really good. In yep. five years, he'll have shoulder length hair. It'll be great. <laughs> shoulder length. <laughs> if Poku, let's, let's make a bet on the pod. Okay. Or more, more of a, uh, it's not really a bet. Like a pact? More packed. A Let's pact. make a blood pact. Everyone got blood, a knife? You ready to cut? Blood pact. If Alexei <laughs> Pokashevsky's hair ever gets <laughs> long enough to where he needs a comb to actually brush it, Silva has to mimic his haircut and get the exact I've already same. Done yes. Well, right now you have the same haircut, but I'm saying when he grows it out. You got to grow okay. it back out. Okay, You've got to mimic Poku's haircut for his okay. entire career. Oh, my. <laughs> I just imagine Poku with these. I'm in. Josh there, there is a, there is no downside to this for me. So I am in. You're right. Um, we're running out of time guys. So last one Wiggins, we projected at zero minutes per game. Um, we said he'd probably play some games, not play some games. He played 13 minutes in that, uh, in that Boston game. Um, Wiggins has been solid. He's been really good. Uh, I think the problem for Wiggins is just, again, there is, so many mouths to feed, so many guys to get minutes. There's just there's gonna be games where he plays and games where he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He has done a lot he's of what a- I thought Kenneth Williams would do. That's yeah, a he's, good point. We kind of talked about that last year. That Wiggins is kind of like the young Kenrich Williams of this team. Yep. All right, and he's been let's a beneficiary move- for some of those uh, some of those injuries as well that we talked yeah. about earlier. Let's move on from the minute stuff because there's more thunder stuff I want to talk about before we go around the association. Uh, so we will stop streaming the spreadsheet there. Uh, the next thing I wanted to touch on real quick, guys. The national media. Giving the Thunder some love this week. Feels a little strange. Hasn't happened in a while. We oh, had guys like... The bust. We had guys like Bill Simmons say that SGA is untradeable. Thanks, Bill Simmons. Didn't know that before you told us. Thanks, Bill. Tim Bontemps said that SGA is the second best guard in the league behind Steph, that he would take him over John Morant. (laughs) That's pretty bold. That is really bold. Pretty bold. Pretty bold. Um, Brian Windhorse on his podcast said SGA belongs on the MVP ballot right now, maybe even top five. Good God. Don't know if you can really disagree with him. Nope. 15 games in. No. Statistically. KOC and Chris Vernon uh, showed lots of love as well. But guys, what I want to get to with this, we know how national media is. It's always, you got a star, someone's playing good, press that pedal down to the daggum floor. It's time to push all the chips in. It's time to go win. We know how the Thunder are going to build. 
which is slow, methodically, through the draft, opportunistic trades, and they're going to make a splash when it's time to go make a splash. Bill Simmons was saying something like, oh, well, they're going to have some cap space next summer. I'm like, Bill, when have they ever used cap space? Literally ever. Even if they wanted to, who's coming to Oklahoma Exactly. City? Pau Gasol right. wouldn't come play, like a washed Pau Gasol wouldn't come play with Katie and Russ. Like, what are we doing here? You didn't have an opera. Yep. Hey, I'll be Pau Gasol's personal opera. That's, I love Pau Gasol. Uh, what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. It means I'm going to go to his house at <laughs> oh, night man. and start singing. Jacob's going to be yelling at his house late at night. Exactly. <laughs> so we know this is not going to happen. But we're going to hypothesize anyways. If the Thunder were to make uh, your theoretical uh, push-in trade at the deadline to capitalize on a successful season and make a playoff run, who are the, the trade candidates? Who is like a – I'm not talking – you know, a uh, an Anthony Edwards, who as of right now, like there's no way in God's green earth the Wolves are going to trade. Things would have to get very, very bad. But who is a like legitimate, realistic candidate that the Thunder could make a push for? They they could trade some of these young guys, some pick something to go get Shea's quote unquote running mate who may also fit with whenever Chet comes back next year. Who is that guy? I think I aimed too low in this exercise as far as a running mate goes, but I have, <laughs> three, I have three names. Give they us are, one of them, Silva. They are certainly names. Number one, Keldon Johnson from the Spurs. Mm. I like that one. I like that one a lot. I don't think he's gettable, though. I don't know if he I is kind of feel, Yeah. But the names I have in mind for this exercise aren't necessarily I think, gettable. I think there's a really easy one that is gettable. Like we know he's gettable and Miles Turner, who fills a yeah. gigantic need. Yeah, that's fair. Everything you need and that you is can't fair. get him. I yeah. was thinking about RJ Barrett as much as I don't love RJ Barrett. As much RJ as Barrett's been on my list for a while. Yeah. I don't think he's available right now. Also, he's poison pilled, isn't he? Yeah, he can't get him. That's a good like point. I don't he think can, I don't... But there's too many there's too many stipulations. Yeah. Yeah. And just I'm I just meant he's not gettable as in like the Knicks aren't gonna trade him. I mean, hell, we got a report the other day that the Knicks are waiting for SGA to come available so they can trade for him. Right. So, yeah, we wait a keep, while. Keep on waiting, Leon. Um, <laughs> but RJ is a guy that's been on my list. Um, I mean, this isn't like shooting for the moon type of guy, uh, but staying with the Spurs, Silva, Devin Vassell is a Ooh. guy that's interested me. He's on the list. Hey. hey. <laughs> Definitely not gettable. <laughs> no, he's awesome. Yeah. He what and, about he and Kelton are both averaging twenty a game. They're both really good. Yeah. What about and I mean this this kind of defeats the purpose of the exercise because this isn't a push and make a playoff run type of trade, I don't think. Nick's about to about to what? bust whenever I say this one. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I'm waiting for Silva to play the sounder. Oh. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. <laughs> what about one of the Golden State young young guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only one right answer. I would <laughs> I would give up I would give up some stuff to go get Moses Moody. Oh yeah, I See, think it, he would fit that really well. Get me going. Really? No, 
I think you get him out of Golden State and you get him in a place where he's got the chance to develop. Whose minutes is he taking? Well, you got to trade some guys to get him. Exactly. Exactly. You're trying to take those Kenrich minutes whenever you trade Kenrich. Kenrich. Sure, but like Kenrich is 19 minutes a game. Yeah, I mean that's a hell of a lot more than what he's getting in Golden State. But this is this is him playing 19 minutes a game with Trey Mann injury and Poku being missing a little bit. Like, I don't know, man. Another guard wing doesn't do it for me. Touche. I know your guy is Wiseman. Yeah, I don't. I don't see a world where Wiseman and Chet fit together. That the 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 same reasoning is why, and I don't know if I buy this report, but Emmanuel quickly is gettable. Like, great, he's awesome, but no, like Thunder don't need him. Wouldn't fit. Um, I've got another one yep. that I think I would like to see. So Miles Turner was one that I picked because he's a, a one-year kind of guy. You can probably get him cheaper the season goes on because he's a rental. This guy is also up for a contract. So you see how he fits. If he fits great, you pay him. If you don't, he walks. Um, PJ Washington, I think That's would be an interesting, interesting yeah, guy yeah. to get and because he's Charlotte. available. Charlotte being horrific. Um, I think he'd be a lot of fun, and I think he could play that small ball five and or four and give it a go. Why not? Patrick Williams, another one that if the Bulls are like, man, we got to do something. All right. I think the Bulls are maybe a blow it up candidate. I don't know if they do it not or not. I don't know if they can blow it up. I mean, what are they going to do? Who's going to trade for Vucevic? I don't know, but you could trade Zach. Oh, for sure. But trade Demar. But but then but then you're still you're in the Utah situation. You've still got guys that are good enough to put you in the middle. Yeah, it's interesting. It's tough. For what it's worth, neither of those guys are on the list for the Thunder. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Thunder very much would go for like a guy on a rookie scale deal. And I feel like they would very much go for a guy that fits this mold that they're building of incredibly versatile, can handle the ball, can make decisions, can pass, uh, can do all that type of stuff. And trying to find a guy like that that kind of fits everything that they want. Okangwu. Hey, he's been on the list forever, Ooh, Nick. I know. You know it. He's playing I think he and well. could coexist as well. Though. Yep. Yeah, he's playing so well right now. Yeah, there's no way the Atlanta Hawks move off of him. I don't they think they They've been trying to trade John Collins for four years instead. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else that that fits that could be? I mean, again, we know they are not making their their push in trade this year. But anybody else fit the list? I just there's no one out there that I would like to see them trade for that's not a big. Whether it's a forward or a you. center. They're, they're, like they're, they're kind of set at guard. I mean, unless you're yeah, getting and we, like <laughs> the number two guy, like unless you're getting, like you said, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Why? You've exactly. got Josh, you've that's got Lou, you've too. got Trey, you've Kat? got Jake. Right. No, right. I mean, that's, yeah. I'm out on Cat. Yeah, right. Exactly. You wouldn't trade right. for Cat. How how does he and Chet fit together? <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd also be like a. It'd be weird. It would fit really a hell of a lot better than him and Rudy. And see, I think this is like true. to this point. I think we're going back to the the whole original point of this exercise, and that the Thunder aren't going to do some sort of trade like that until they're officially ready and the right, right opportunity presents uh, presents itself. Which is why, like, I'm I'm going to be very frustrated, and I'm already predicting, you know, come trade deadline, trade deadline comes and passes, 
and all these same national media people that we listed off on this list and others who have been praising Shea and praising the Thunder, they're going to turn around again and be like, why did the Thunder not make a move to improve this team around Shea Gilgis-Alexander? And then we're going to go through the same thing. You know, it'll be next offseason, next draft, whatever it may be. Maybe even this time next year when the Thunder do make that right trade and they're going to be praised by these same national media. So you kind of have to take what these people say with a grain of salt. And we have to trust with what Sam is saying. But like all that being said, I will be a little a little upset if Sam moves closer towards like the tanking timeline. I think uh, uh, at this point of the season, rather than like, you know, Taylor's going and making aside. a trade. <laughs> <laughs> Make a move, Sam. All right, guys. Uh, before we move on to around the association, real quick, we got to do our predictions for the week. Thunder have four games coming up. First one tomorrow, Monday night, against the New York Knicks. The Knicks will be on the second game of a back-to-back, ending a six-game West Coast or Western Conference road trip. Second game of back-to-back, sixth game on the road. Kind of difficult. Thunder hung 145 on them the last time they met. Predictions for Monday night. Um, Let's go with... Neither team scores 110, and the Knicks win. <laughs> it's fair. Mm. Oh, it's silence. When are you two going to go? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of like an example. I saw him starting to talk. Or... I kind of think that I think Thunder will get the win again against the Knicks, but I, it's going to be a much closer game. I kind of have Thunder by, let's say, seven. Thunder by seven. Mm. They're two Thunder. and a half point favorites for what it's worth, which is rare. Yeah, True. it's going to be a, I'm going to go, it's going to be a nail biter. Thunder going to win by four and J-Dub is going to make a game winning play. Nice. I've got the Thunder it's winning the- Monday night against the Knicks as well. Uh, Wednesday night, the Denver Nuggets come to town. Uh, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray in health and safety protocols. Even with that, they won tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Silva, we'll go in reverse order this time. What do you got for Wednesday night against the Nuggets? Uh, I think it's a win if both of those, uh, this is easy to say, if both those guys are out, I think it's probably going to be a win. Um, If they are both in, uh, I think it'd be a close game, but ultimately a loss. Okay. Um, I'm going to get another L. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say L. Nick's got them going 0-2. Silva and Taylor have them at 1-1. I'll take the loss as well against Denver. Um, I'm going to assume one of those two guys plays Friday. The Chicago Bulls come to town. We just talked about them. Uh, six and 10 Levine got benched at the end of the game the other night. Uh, just some bad vibes in Chicago. They're not playing very well. Taylor, you get to lead us off on this one. What happens Friday night with Chicago coming to town? Kind of don't feel great about this one either, especially given the team, um, here on Saturday that they'll be playing. I think I'm going to go ahead and say the Thunder get another L against the Bulls. They'll get it together. They'll end up beating the Thunder. I think this one's going to be very close and very competitive. Nick? Shea out, Shea out plays Zach. Thunder lose. <laughs> Nick just wants every L in existence. <laughs> Thunder lose. <laughs> I'm going to go with a win that, send, that continues to send the Bulls into a spiral. 
There's also video footage of Billy D saying can't play Vucevic on the sideline. <laughs> uh, I think Vooch will absolutely eat against the Thunder. Um, they just don't have a guy that big to to handle him. Poku gets that assignment, I'm going to say, and I think so does too. his best. Uh, I'll take a Thunder win against the Bulls. The Bulls have really Ooh. been struggling. I like uh, Lou Dort on Zach. I even like Shea on Zach, maybe Lou on DeMar, who's a little more physical. Um, J-Dub maybe gets some time on one of those two guys. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting matchup. Um, I'll take the Thunder. So I got him going 2-1 uh, and one at this point. And then the last one, Saturday night, they go second game of a back-to-back down to Houston. Uh, I have a little, like, nice little note you guys have noticed for like each of these games, my note for Houston is they suck. (laughs) (laughs) Which means though, okay. See by like 10, but Nope. Oklahoma city wins us by 25. (laughs) There it is. There it is. I like it. I'm also going with the win here. Um, I, I I think (laughs) again, for what it's worth, I was watching the end of the Houston golden state game tonight. Um, with six minutes to go, Kevin Porter, both crazy. With six minutes to go, Kevin Porter Jr. said it's Kevin Porter Jr. time, uh, and it was ugly. I it forget. Was ugly. I forget that which podcast better about this, said this, but they mentioned like Houston plays like an AAU team, and it's so accurate. Oh, like, it there's is there, yeah, no great structure. Um, they're like, I'm gonna say this, and the Thunder are gonna lose by 20 to the Rockets. But the Thunder are head and shoulders in a different tier than this Rockets team as it relates to rebuilds. Um, the Thunder caught a lot of slack for the black eye stuff last year. The Rockets are three years in a row, the worst team in the league. And this year, it doesn't even look close. Yep. They're bad. Dude. They are horrific. And They're they don't being... get any of the shit that OKC no, does. No, and I, I do not get it. Yeah. Um, they're making moves. Nick, you, you would appreciate that uh, Alperen Sengun got benched to end the game uh, in yep. favor of Usman Garuba. Dude, and there's Oof. there's a reason Bruno Fernando's starting over him when he's when he's healthy. Like the dude can't play defense. He, his feet are bricks. I can't wait for Poku to put that man in the blunder. Incredible. Silva, what's no. your uh, what's your prediction for that last one? I'm predicting a massive W for the Thunder. I like it. The vibes are good. So Nick's got him going one and three. I have him at three and one this week, boys. Ooh, above five hundred, eh? That will feel so good. That will feel so bad. <laughs> we'll feel good. Okay. Right. With- Before we hit around the association, real quick, uh, let's take a moment to tell you guys about our shirts and our sponsors for the week. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U dot com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design in the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. 
make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new thunder gear today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't even know where you're sitting at. (laughs) Gentlemen, for Around the Association, we're going to play a game of take it or leave it. I've got a series of phrases here with a little bit of context behind them. I'm going to read you the phrase. You're going to tell me that you are taking it, meaning it's going to happen, or you are leaving it, meaning it's not going to happen. Nick, you've been the honorary first guy for everything today. We're going to keep the theme strong with you. Also, Nick left in a beanie and came back from the ad break in a hat. I've been wearing a hat the entire show, Jacob. Have you really? You were wearing, <laughs> a hat, you were wearing the beanie pregame then. That's correct. Okay. I'm just, just all just over the just, just, like, just like players wear their snap-down pants what? and they rip them off when they get called into the starting lineup. There you go. He's keeping I want to buy a pair of those for the house, the, the rip-aways. <laughs> it's time to take a shower. Just... You're just... You're just... Playing. Yeah. Oh, pal! <laughs> Nick, take it or leave it. The Kings just straight up make the playoffs, not even the play in. They are eight and one in their last time and their last nine last time. Eight and one in their last nine. Uh they beat the absolute dog crap out of the Brooklyn Nets the other night. Um, what's the phrase? Light the beam. Light the beam, Nick. Light the beam. Taking it or leaving it. So that would mean they're a six seat or higher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. <laughs> what about play in? For sure. I think they're locked for the plan. Okay. Okay. So you are leaving it on playoffs, taking it for playing it. So now I really got to put you on the spot. Do they win the playing game and make the playoffs? Yes. Nice. The, the drought is broken. 
Sure. Although I think Nick has a preseason bet. bet that they did. Yeah. They don't make the, the drought. But well, I thought you, uh, I thought you were on the other end. You said they I did. Think, I don't think so. Well, they okay. have been well, playing uh, pretty good basketball. They they good. Deer and how how can they mess this up? Solid. <laughs> it's a fair point. Hey, for what it's worth, uh, Mark Stein today said that back in June, a deal was at the doorstep to get John Collins to Sacramento, but it fell through. I'm not sure I'd love that. Which John, hey, uh, John Collins, DeMontis Sabonis front court? Going back, I have a pushing oh candidate God. for the Thunder. Sabonis. Bring him Bring home. Him no, Bring him they, home. Won't, they won't. Taylor, take they it won't. or leave it. This kind of returns to a question earlier on the pod. Mm-hmm. The Dubs will trade one of their rookie scale guys. They need to make a move, a win now move. So they trade one of their rookie scale guys, take it or leave it. Before you answer, Silva and I dubbed them the Golden State Warriors, not the Warriors, but the Warriors, because <laughs> we're worried about them. Won their first road game tonight there against Houston. They're now one and eight on the road. But it took a ridiculous clay game coming back to form and Steph going crazy as well against a awful Houston team like we talked yep, about. Wiseman, earlier. Wiseman down in the G League. Um Oof. I think Kaminga played like ten minutes, eight minutes, and uh, yep. Moody played like four. I think I'm going to have to go with take it here. I, they're going to have to make an upgrade, especially with Steph reaching his, you know, <laughs> the end of his prime. And, and Clay, obviously, that, that's been a little bit accelerated due to those injuries. I'm taking mm-hmm. it. I, I don't which, see how which are the three? Which are the three rookie upgrade. scale guys is it then? I think it's going to be Wiseman the most likely. Uh, He's the oldest. Second. You got you got a longer runway. Old is, right. Right, and I think there's teams willing to take a game on him still. I would say Kaminga is probably the least likely, but still could happen. Silva, take it or leave it. Detroit ends the season with top two lottery odds, especially now that Cade Cunningham is out yeah. with um, a hairline fracture in his shin. Let me give you a little uh, history about the Detroit Pistons. 2019-20, the record 20-46. and 46. 20 wins, uh, 20 and 21, 20 wins, 21, 22, 23 wins. And they're headed right back to that same place, I think, because they have a will to lose. They are special at losing. <laughs> hey, they signed Boyan. They're My doing guy. stuff. Something I know. They're not, the, they're trying to win. So you're taking it? Oh, yeah. I'm taking it. I'm definitely bottom two it. of the league. Oh, it's, so. If if this were if I were putting money down for this, I'd probably say no because I think they could end up like three or four. Um, but for this exercise, I'm taking it. All right, very good. Uh, Nick uh, probably want to do another wardrobe change. So Taylor, <laughs> you were back up. <laughs> the Lakers end up giving the the New Orleans Pelicans Ooh, a top a six one. draft pick. Top six. Take it oh early, man. I am. This is the one I'm like probably the most torn on. I'm going to go ahead and leave it. For what it's worth, right now the Lakers letters. are fourth on Tankathon. Yep. I I think they will go ahead and, and pull those levers. They're they're going to get too desperate. They're going to end up being willing to trade those draft picks. It'll make them a better team in the short term. It'll be at the detriment of the long term future of the franchise. And so uh, I'm. Uh, leaving it because I think it'll make them just a tad better. They'll they'll be a borderline playing team, 
but uh, it's the wrong choice if they do go down that path, is my opinion. Nick, I'm going to give you a follow-up Lakers question. Mm. Which is more likely to happen? They mortgage the entire future with those last two picks. Uh, They trade whatever else filler, the, the Russell Westbrook, the Patrick Beverly, the whatever, to go and try to do something this season and salvage this garbage fire of a year. Or they start to look towards the future and they make an Anthony Davis trade for young guys and picks. Um, neither. I think they, if they were to scrap this season, it would be for next season. Not like the long-term future. It's like, we know Russ's money is coming off the books. We'll still have these picks can make a move to like, go all in next year. And at, at this point, like we go another two weeks and they can't figure it out. That might be their best bet. Anyways. Um, you don't need a, a top, whatever draft pick. Like they don't have to go the warriors route and get the number two pick and, and try to improve that way. Um, I think that they could say, Hey, we'll let, we'll play this out. Can't trade Russ, keep our draft picks. But next year we're going to sign a big free agent, make an actual big three and then go all in. Interesting. I think that's that's probably the the smartest path forward for them. I'm gonna be so pissed off whenever the New <laughs> Orleans too. Pelicans are replacing CJ McCollum with Scoot freaking Henderson, mm-hmm. because the Lakers are an inept organization. Nick, you get the well. Actually, I gave Nick that follow up. So Silva, you get the last one here. Oh my! Pacers top ten in the East. They're in a playing game. Uh, yeah, I think I'm cool with saying they'll be top 10 because the Bulls are very disappointing. Detroit, uh, probably going to miss Cade for a long time. Yeah, I think they're top 10 and I think they should be talked about more in general. They're nine and six right now. They are uh, similar to OKC, just a really good story, except in the East. And they have two young guards that are incredible. And Miles Turner's playing so well because he wants to get traded. (laughs) It's pretty spot on. They make top 10. That means five teams have to be below them. I think Orlando, Charlotte, Detroit are the three easy ones. After that, it's interesting. Right now, it's the Bulls and the Heat. The Heat have not been a good basketball team. No, they haven't. I'm surprised by that. Bam, I don't know. Bam and a bio to OKC. I mean. Hey, <laughs> don't don't tease me with a good time. <laughs> that would be awesome. He'd be a good fit next to Chet, except that man yeah, cannot no shoot kidding. to save his life. So maybe he would be a good fit next and- to Chet. Yeah, true. Fair, um, fair. Yeah, the East is interesting, man. Like, you got those two at the very top. Atlanta's playing good. I know Nick loves that. Cavs are playing good. Wiz are playing good. Yeah. Once the Raptors get everybody healthy, they'll be pretty good. East is weird. Yeah. It is. It's kind weird. of a funky. The West is, I, I mean, the, the league is weird, right? Everyone's now, just kind of like, jumbled up right now. Like, no one's really right. separated themselves, I'd argue, except yep. for maybe Boston and Milwaukee. It's a. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, shit, isn't Utah number one in the West right now? Yeah, yes, still Utah, yeah. Phoenix, Portland, and Portland, Denver, and Sacramento all have six losses. I think As Utah expected. might be real. Out of no, not even real. Out of, <laughs> out of the tank race, like even if they, like you can't they just, pull like, the plug. Like you, you can't pull the plug tomorrow, though. No, like, I, like, now right. um, Mike Conley is out for two weeks. But still, Jordan Clarkson's playing out of his damn mind. 100%. 
Like, I mean, Markinen might make the All Star game. This this Mark Jazz Stein reported. Team, go ahead. I was, yeah, Stein reported today that in, in his column that he sends out uh, his Substack that he has heard. From oh, they're Rival John X. Collins' team. Yeah, well, John's Collins team, and also that they would be more willing to uh, extend or, you know, sign Clarkson to a new contract other than trade him to that same yeah. point of, of mm. being interested in Collins. Clarkson's been awesome, dude. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, any other around the association thoughts before we get out of here? Um, a lot of injuries. Yeah, I would, there has been a lot yeah, of injuries. injuries. That kind of sucks. I would just ask you guys. Are your Eastern and Western Conference winners like your NBA Finals predictions? Have they changed at all since we did that last? I don't when do we do it? About mine. Preseason? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember. I the Clippers I in the West, and I do not feel good about that. Yeah, uh, like, but still no, feel good my, about. The I think West. I took Denver, Milwaukee, so I feel, feel pretty good. That? You still feel good? Yeah, Milwaukee's insane, dude. And they're over Boston, though. Eh? Boston's yeah. really good too. I think I had Clippers, Boston. And I don't know what to think about the Clippers right now. Like, I don't even know what Kawhi will look like at the end of the year. Will he be playing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The Clippers are weird, man. Yeah. Super. They are, they are a weird team. All right. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Uncontested. We really appreciate you guys. Wrong one. <laughs> it has been an awesome month for us over here at the Uncontested. Awesome month for the team as well. So uh, stick with us. We'll be back with you guys Monday as the Oklahoma city take on Oklahoma city thunder, take on the New York Knicks. I forget who has that post game. I think maybe Nick does. I don't know. (laughs) And then I am with you guys Wednesday and Friday night this week. And then I think Taylor has you guys Saturday or maybe Taylor has Friday. I have Saturday, something like that. We got you guys covered though. So join us, make sure to sub to the YouTube channel where you can catch all these episodes live. Or just download the show wherever you get your podcasts from. Have a great Monday. Hopefully you're off for Thanksgiving if you're in America. We will be back with you guys again uh, in about 24 hours. Hopefully after the Thunder beat the New York Knicks with a Poku 40-point triple-double. Until then, and as always, Thunder up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.